Tantrum House Board Gaming Podcast is recorded live from Studio WKRD in Greenville, South Carolina. This podcast is brought to you by our friendly local game store, Boardwalk, purveyors of fine games. Bezier Games, the new classics. AEG, we make fun. The Game Steward, your second chance at Kickstarter games. And Game Toppers, LLC, upgrading your gaming experience. Your hosts are here to help you sort through the cardboard commotion to help you find the diamonds in the rough. So buckle up. Especially if you're driving right now, because you're about to arrive at the Tantrum House. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Today we got Will Meadows. Sarah Meadows. Kevin Delp. Melissa Delp. And Ryan Pills. In the house. You guys hesitated. I wanted to be last for first time ever on a podcast. You can't be last. Even if you sit in the last seat, you had to I say I sat in the last second. seat, so I would be... <laughs> I, know, I was like, should I say it? <laughs> oh. The difficulties. This is what happens when you don't warm up for the podcast. You just jump in live. You guys are going to get the best stuff because we're just coming at you with whatever, with whatever comes off the top of our heads. Like that. It's really not different than normal, but just in case it sounded more exciting. <laughs> Today we are going to be talking about a lot of different things. We're going to be covering our adventures at Gen Con, which covers uh, experiences and media events and and getting sneak peeks at games. Uh, lots of fun stuff to be talked about there. We're going to be talking about some of the games that we've just been playing on the table recently. I know we just had a Saturday morning board game show. So there's always some new fun things to talk about uh, just because we've played them for that show and they kind of bleed over into the podcast oftentimes. And then we've, of course, got some Kickstarters that we're going to be chatting about in this episode. What are some of the games that you guys have been playing most recently? Well, while you guys were gone at Gen Con, I got Imperial Miners to the table. Was Gen Cant still a thing? Were you at Gen Cant? I was not was at Gen Cant, but uh, I believe it was a thing. Oh, okay. Um, I had a busy. I was doing busy, doing other things. Yeah, got me busy. Yeah, thank you for being busy with two yes. of my kids for a little while. <laughs> yep, we got to play games and uh, do miniature golf. And oh, yeah, I heard. I heard good things. <laughs> Babysitter Kevin. <laughs> to the rescue. Uh, no, Imperial Miners is a game from Portal Games coming out at Essen Spiel. So you can look for that. They have information on their website already about it. I think you can even pre-order it. Uh, this is a sort of spiritual successor sequel to Imperial Settlers. Um, it's in that sort of line because it has a lot of the different factions, that like the Atlanteans and the Barbarians and the Dwarves and things like that. Basically in the game. You are playing cards into your own personal tableau and connecting those cards. There's level one cards, level two, level three, level four. And where you place them in your tableau, you're going to be able to activate them. And then so eventually if I play a level three card, I can activate that level three and then the card above it, which is level two, and then the card above it, level one. So you're sort of like chaining your rewards depending on where you're placing your, um, I think they're carts. I'm not sure exactly what the cards are. I forget. Well, they're they're miners, and then you're they're going deep into the mine yeah. to get the gold and things. Yeah, and then you're connecting uh, carts together to like like two halves of a, a gold cart to get uh, the gold, and then you're going up different tracks, and that's fun, and yeah, uh, enjoyable. Uh, just placing where you're placing the cards, and uh, their different factions give you different abilities, and I like that, and. All the all the cards have different things that are giving you benefits. So really enjoyable game. I think it'll be a pretty hot um, item at Essen Spiel. But um, we'll have some videos out for you on that. Some of us did have a car con on the we way did. up to Gen Con. I forgot con. about this. Thanks I heard for bringing it, it up, Ryan. We uh, played some games on our iPad, but full board games. So we played some Potion Explosion. Wait, full board games you on got the, the board iPad. Out? Yeah, the iPad is a board. Uh, so I I trounced at Potion Explosion going up. Nice. Then I challenged Melissa on the way back, and that was a mistake. <laughs> she, she's very good at Potion Explosion. Well, you see, the conversation was, oh, we don't like these mean potions. Let's take out the ones that steal. But then there was a I misunderstood a how you error. select them. Uh, so I thought the ones that I could see were the ones that were going to be in. But no, it was the ones that I had highlighted and were like faded. So all the mean potions. Right? Nice. Yeah. Love all it. Lots of twist. <laughs> and then uh, we've got some Lords of Waterdeep and Sentinels of the Multiverse. So it's a lot of fun. Let me just say, I was driving, so I wasn't playing. Yeah, we need to explain what CarCon is because it's a great thing. It is. So I took my SUV with six of us and everyone else played games and I drove. 
but I listened in. Take Sent, one for the team. Good she job. She was yeah. offered to play. I was offered to play. <laughs> but they all wanted but to But I live. wasn't sure that I trusted Ryan on Potion Explosion. I was like, I'll hold the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> no, we decided to be safe because we had to drive through Interstate 40 through the mountains in Tennessee, so we didn't. We weren't messing around. Also, we were very tired after Gen Con. So. This is CarCon on the way home, not both. on the way up. Oh, both. Two days. CarCon two has full two days of CarCon. Of CarCon. Yep. Let me just say the Sentinels of the Multiverse game was pretty epic. I listened in on everything that was happening, and I didn't think that Dan and Ryan were going to make it to the end. Yeah. They were came very close to them dying. Dan had never played before. And he chose a complexity three, which I think is the highest complexity character. Nice. And it's like one of the later expansions, so it's like real fiddly. Uh, the harpy, you have to like balance. Uh, you've got this series of tokens, and you flip them to one side or the other, and your cards all look at like, are they on this side or that side, and then do things accordingly. But he he figured it out really fast. And I played with two characters. I played with the Scholar and Haka, which are both kind of tanky and they have self-healing. And I was like, oh yeah, this will be a breeze. And then it was like skin of our teeth. <laughs> and it was like, it was on me. I was the problem. I was like, how is this, how is this happening? You've never played this before. <laughs> the logic powers. One of the games that I picked up at Gen Con, I don't even know what the name of this game is because I just can't pronounce it. But it's a game, it's a trick-taking card game where you are an alchemist trying to make gold. I'm waiting for Melissa and Sarah to jump in with the name Arium of it. Arium or something yeah. like that. Arium. I think it's Aurum. Aurum. Aurium. A-U-R-I-M or something like that. I don't like think that. there's an I. I don't think there's an I in there either. I think it's A-R. Yeah, it's Aurum or Aurum. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but it's part of the new trick-taking revolution. Are we calling it now? We got we got kind of with a cool name, so we trick can coin takers it. Trick-takers are the new rolling rights. They're everywhere. I'm playing new trick-takers every event I go to, and they're great. I'm kind of loving them all. Do you know about a secret one that's coming? Oh yes, we do. A U R U is it an S? It looks kind of like an S. I don't know. Typography's throwing me off. The M looks like an S. It I does. The last letter looks like it could be an S. It does. It's just the U has. You're an just upper looking curve. from far away. And a lower a curve. <laughs> if you, I mean, it'd be hard to pronounce it that way, but it looks like it. Anyway, in this game, you are. It's a trick-taking game, except for when someone plays their card, you can't play that same suit the rest of the time. So unlike normal, suit. you would it's follow not, suit. It's not just that you need to ignore the initial suit. You need to ignore all suits played. Correct. So it gets crazy. So but if you're the last player to play, you've got to not play any of the cards that have been previously laid. And then in the game, whoever plays the highest number will win the trick. Like normal. However, whoever plays the lowest number is actually going to get to lead the next round. And if the card that they play is match, matches one of the gold cards that's on the table, it's basically one of each digit, kind of depends on your play number, but one through ten or whatever are gold cards laying on the table. If you play the lowest card and it matches one of those cards, you can claim that card, add it to your stash. I think it actually goes on the table so everybody kind of knows you have it. And it is not only the Trump card, so you can play it later as Trump and win a hand, it is also, or and, it is worth points. And so in the end of the game, you're trying to win points that are on the cards you're also trying to win tricks and like any good trick taking game you have to at the very beginning uh guess how many tricks you're going to win for the round and if you win that then it's multiplied there's all these things going on i have enjoyed it i played it we played it at the and con i want to say my favorite mode of this game is team play so if you play that. four players you're trying not only you're playing off suit but you're trying to anticipate what your teammate is doing so that either you can win the trick and let them get the lowest or vice versa. And you're as a team trying to get the bid. So you're yeah, working together. It feels together. very nice when both teammates, one plays high, one plays low, yeah. and you get the points. It's very and satisfying. The, yeah. I don't, yeah. I only played team play. I can't imagine. Well, I can imagine, but I don't imagine it's, it would be as good where there's not the possibility of both winning and being the lowest. We did play a three-player game with Jonah, and it was his first play. And it was 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 very good. It is better with four. It is, but yeah, four is... I think, can you play six? I can't even remember. I think you can play up to six, like two, three sets of teams or something. It's There's lots of stuff going on. It's only four players. One of the quirky rules is the most recent card played is both the highest and lowest 
if there's a tie. Mm-hmm. So if everybody played a two, right. you could be both the lowest card. Which I did with card. Jonah, which was really? great. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I got to win the trick. I got the gold card. I got to lead for the next round. It is very fun. There's some neat stuff. Uh, there's also some. That's from Pandasaurus. Yeah. 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 And it's neat. You play over like three rounds. There's some. There's some unnecessary tokens, but they're just fun. You collect a gem. You're supposed to play. You're supposed you to play win the majority. Games, so you play all your cards and then. Yeah, and you collect a gem so you can keep track of it. And there's a little first player marker or whatever. First player marker? I mm-hmm. guess that's what it is. Uh, and it just looks pretty cool. The idea is that you're like trying to play these cards to make gold. And so they have all kinds of, what are those called? Alchemy they're, symbols. Yeah, whatever that means. It's neat stuff. Metallurgy. I enjoyed it. I don't know. So on the complete opposite spectrum, because you guys played a small box trick taker, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kevin and I got a chance to play Nucleum, which is the new brain-burning euro from Board and Dice. It's designed by David Cirksey and Simone Luciani. And there's a lot going on. It, <laughs> yeah, Jonah was like, this feels more like a Lacerda game than anything else that has been published by Board and Dice. Yeah, it's probably one of their heaviest ones. It, it's up there with their heaviest weight of complexity. It shares some similarities with something like Brass or Barrage, mm-hmm. um, but it's kind of nuclear power and coal power. Cool things, you have these action tiles, so on your turn you can slot one of your tiles and it gives you two benefits or two actions. Um those same tiles, instead of using it as an action, you can actually put it out on the board as a railroad link, but then you don't have that in your action pool anymore. And you're trying to connect to certain cities and build buildings and turbines and mines, mines for uranium. And there's some networking aspects going on. There's a lot of ways to score points. A lot of ways to score points. Um, there's coins and people as your two resources so you have to balance those and then along the way you have some income tracks that you're moving up and on your turn instead of doing an action or laying a railroad tile you could do a refresh turn and basically you get your income you get your tiles back and you may get some other benefits based on some achievements you've gained since the last time you refreshed so it's definitely a thinky one. What do you think, Kevin? Yeah, definitely a thinky, although um, I know Sarah something about Lacerda. It sounds like a Lacerda or Jonah was talking about it. The one thing I find about something like the game we just played last night, um, your your choices are like, I'm just playing an action tile. So it's not like I have like, what am I actually doing? Where I felt like sometimes Lacerda games is like, what am I actually, I want to go do that. How do I do it? Whereas in this one, like, oh, I have my action tile. So the simplicity of, oh, I'm playing an action tile. Oh, what actions are on the tiles that I have? That's where the sort of the meat of the game is. And yeah. those, there's a lot of different action tiles that you can even purchase during the game, which I find great. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention. You can purchase new action tiles because obviously you're putting some out on the board. So you're losing them, but you can buy new ones that are better or have different combinations. Um, the only other thing I will say that I really, really like about this game is the technology tracks. There are asymmetrical technology tracks, which are sort of sideboards to your player boards, and everyone has their own asymmetric technology board, and you can basically upgrade those throughout the game and lots of cool stuff. Yeah, they can give you ongoing abilities or one-time benefits. There, There's a lot of kind of calculating do i have enough money to do this do i have enough people to do it because i don't have enough money to do this (laughs) i had this awesome turn planned out and jonah put a structure in the one place that i needed to put it to make it all work and then i had to like rethink that whole turn because (laughs) it was going to unlock a benefit that gave me a coin discount and without that benefit i was one coin short. short And it's really, it's kind of difficult to get coins and people except when you refresh. So was that a hate draft or was that an accident? Like, he didn't know. Yeah. He did not know. It, it made sense for him to do it there. Yep. But yeah, <laughs> pain. it was like, no. Um, yeah. So Nucleum is on pre-order right now from Board and Dice. And then it should be available at Essen. Definitely a higher weight kind of thinky yeah it took us uh, at least two and a half hours to play that is outside of the teach so um it's definitely one of those more weighty games 
Excellent stuff. Let's take a break for a second. Give a shout out to our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Arcane Wonders. Their game, Call of Duty the Board Game, is on Kickstarter right now. You can check that out. We have some playthrough and overview videos on our channel telling you how this game plays and kind of seeing how it translates from the video game world to the board game world. So if you're interested in Call of Duty, check out those videos and check out the Kickstarter. Speaking of, let's jump into that Kickstarter conniption. Kickstarter Conniption! This episode, we'll be talking about three games coming to crowdfunding uh, during the end of August 2023. Will, start us off. Whoa, I get to go first? I'm so confused. I'm not ready. Here we go. (laughs) The game I'm looking at is Perch from Inside Up Games. This is a two to five player area control-ish game. There's a lot of cool things going on in the game. In this game, you are birds perching and you not fish not fish as perch. i first thought <laughs> i don't know why i thought perch was fish but I mean, that was it is default, fish but not, yeah I don't know. bird fish bird perch <laughs> uh in this game players will be uh placing their cool little colored birds out onto a different board every time it's a modular board with a bunch of different tiles each of the tiles think smash up a little bit where like you go to the space and you might get a benefit if you're the one that puts it over the limit or if you have area control over it in the game you start off by uh collecting two of your birds and then i think dropping two it might change per round uh into a bag and then everybody is going to draft birds out of this bag and so on your turn you'll be going around taking turns placing up to four birds i believe two of them will be yours and two of them will be other players color birds All the different tiles on the board have different abilities. They might allow you to move birds at the end of the round or gain. There's some cool little minis in the game, so you might be able to gain the power of the owl or the bird. And they each give you ongoing abilities or points in the game, too. Uh, And so everyone will be placing out their birds onto the board. When you get done and everybody has placed all of theirs, then you go through and determine who has control over each tile. Some of the tiles will just give you points. Some of them will give you the ability to drop more of your birds into the bag. There's a a bunch of different options that you have in the game. And you will be going over several rounds trying to have the best control and the the best ability to manipulate what's out on the board. Um, There's also like this, I think it's a fountain. There's a separate board where some of your birds will get shunted if they aren't left on their tile. And there's kind of a... What's it called when you like have to build? It's kind of like pyramid, maybe. Like some birds will go at the bottom row, and then once those are are full, then they can bump up to the second row, and each of those rows will score more points. So you kind of want to send your birds to the fountain at certain times because you'll be able to get more points. Um, It's not really a complicated game. I'm making it sound kind of complicated. It's pretty straightforward. Place a bird, try to score points. Uh, But it also has the ability to be kind of fun backstabby. Like it's... The description looked like it could get kind of mean. Yeah, very potentially, especially if you like decided that you wanted to team up on somebody. Maybe you could. Um, the birds are moving around so much that you can like I definitely when I played it had a couple of rounds where like basically all my birds ended up off the board. And I was like, what happened? Are you guys all teaming up against me? What's going on? Uh, but it's a light game. It's pretty quick. And so there's lots of fun in just moving stuff around and trying to end up in a spot that nobody else wanted to go to so that you can score some points. Sometimes you got to take like the least um, desirable location just because nobody else is going to go there. And then once everybody else gets kicked off the board, you're left with some points. So some neat stuff going on. We are. There will be a playthrough of this. And I just realized that if we're going to locations secretly, I am not going to do well. Uh, it's not a secret, so you still probably won't do well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, burn. Just based on some games recently where, like, everyone's going to pick a location to go to. Yeah. Okay, everybody go. Go with oh, our mist wind. every time. Every time. You can time. borrow my dice ring if you want. Uh, Maybe. Maybe. I'll start shuffling. Yeah, we have played a couple of those types of games recently. And point. I'm, I'm, I don't know why. I cannot pick well. Good man, help me stand a chance this time. That's, Jonah's going to crush us. Yeah, so our playthrough will already have been live by the time no, no. you know. Oh, this is coming out Monday. Yeah, yeah. So, so come Thursday. listen on, th- watch us on Thursday. We'll be playing through Perch. Uh, it's coming out on Kickstarter, I think, the 15th. So check out Perch from Inside Up Games. Ryan, what are you looking at? From Brotherwise Games, coming August 22nd, is Dungeon Cart. 
So this is the same characters from Boss Monster and Overboss, and now they are carting around a racetrack uh, with your evil pals. And there are spells you can use to uh, mess up your opponents. You have to manage your, uh, I forget what it's called, throttle. So if you go too fast, you might spin out or wreck. You might not recover well from the turns. It has a modular uh, track that you can build. So um, it's kind of Mario Kartish. I was just about to say, this sounds that. like playing um, Mario Kart with Wario and so, Bowser. Yeah, it looks like it'll be fun. So check it out coming August 22nd. The interesting thing about this game is that Heat won the Dice Tower like Game of the Year, which is a racing game. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's what I thought when I saw the throttle. I was like, oh. Right. And then uh, uh, Richard Donius' game, Thunder Rolls, came out. And there's been a lot of like really like good, like well-designed racing games. So I'm really interested in, is this going to be like more on the luck-based or like more on like the strategy well, we are going to be, have a playthrough of this on our channel. We haven't played it yet, but we will. I believe the on the 24th. So check that out. So we'll see what chaos ensues. <laughs> Sarah, what do you have? Coming August 29th is Harvest from Keymaster Games. This is a re-implementation of Harvest from Tasty Minstrel Games, if you recall. Oh, they're sad, so sad. I know, but I'm really glad that they're bringing back a game that is now out of print. Um, it is has some feels of Uwe Rosenberg's Agricola. So you are gaining tiles and placing them on your own little board and you are farming your land and it's got some interesting, um, it's not really bidding, but you are placing a card out and swapping yours with a card on the, um, the selection out. And if you place a higher card, um, you're giving opportunities for everybody else. So you want to be careful about how you're bidding for that card. And then um, you, you'll be taking some actions in town and gaining some items so that you can do your farming. Um, so this will, they've streamlined the game. So there will be some things that will be a little bit different than the Tasty Minstrel version. And um, they have got all new art and they have individual player powers. So I I saw it briefly set up. I didn't get the run through of it, but it looked like bright and Mm -hmm. vibrant and even kids were walking by and like, ooh, what's this? The Tasty Minstrel one was like gnomes or trolls or something. So it looks completely different. I didn't even realize it was the same game. I didn't realize it was the same game. The art and and the way everything is laid out is very different. And they tried to... Um, really developed the game even further from the original. And the designer himself, has been, Trey, has been working on is it as well. Is the size of the box of Rob Park size? Do you... No, okay. uh, it's a little bigger. A than little bigger, Park's. okay, because the Harvest, like, the, sorry, the, the Tasty Mitchell one? Oh. Tasty Mitchell was, like, super small. It was, like, like a card game size box. It no. Was, they had packed it, everything to, like, um, a hand-sized card box. So this is a little bit bigger, you're saying? Yeah, I don't think they've uploaded an image on um, BGG yet of the box cover, but uh, or maybe they have. Yeah, it it is a little bit different size than Parks, I believe, if I'm recalling. I think it's a little bigger. The board seemed pretty large, so even if yeah, it was a fourfold it board, it fills up a table. And they said this is this will be their heaviest game that they've. And while it's not a real heavy game, a lot of their other games have not been. They've been more family weight. So this will be the next step up for people who enjoy the Keymaster games. And like a lot of their other stuff, um, it's going to have a really nice production value. They've been working hard to um, have unique um, meeples and, and things in them so that it's got a nice production value. Excellent stuff. Yeah, that was one of the many cool things that we got to see while we were at Essen. And I think that's... Or not or Essen. Con. <laughs> I got excited. Essen's coming up not nice too segue, long. Nice Will. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, the segue almost worked out. Uh, one of the many cool games that we got to see while we were at Gen Con, we got some sneak peeks at a number of new games. Uh, we got to kind of review some of the ones that we had already seen previously. And uh, I'm not even 100% sure where to jump into this conversation other than to say Gen Con was big. It was yes. a lot this year. There was so much going on, so many people, so much fun. 
Yeah, Kevin and I were there last year, and it definitely felt small and not as many vendors. It felt good last year, or yeah, because it was like wide aisles. There was like places where it was like, there's no vendors over here. Just hang out and talk to people. Like right at Gen Con, no, you're like, not a thing uh, this no, year. right? Not at all. <laughs> yeah, the, starting Thursday morning, it was. I was crushed. I was actually nervous. Like Thursday, there were so many people already in the halls that I thought if Friday and Saturday are normally Thursdays reasonable <laughs> and then friday and saturday are crazy as crazy as thursday was i thought we're not going to be able to walk from one side of the building to the other if it's like this on friday and saturday i think a lot of people came for the full four-day experience or yeah. whatever because it, it felt about the same all week but it was a lot there was a lot of people thursday night was pretty fantastic or wednesday actually wednesday night we all got there as a crew and immediately jumped into more media events than i've ever been to in one night it was like, go here at 5, go here at 6, go here at 6.30, go here at 7, go see this at 8. It was crazy. And all the media were feeling it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was kind of cool. We all kind of hung out together. Yeah, like, we let's all, go, all walked to the next event all together. The, all the meetings. Because yeah, normally it's like we have these like more private events right. like or private meetings. And then this year it did seem like a number of publishers were like, we're just going to do one big media event. But if every publisher does that... And you can't do it all. But the nice thing is we do have a big team. So we did split up, it sounded like. Yeah, 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 a couple different times for sure. And it was a lot of fun. It was usually like go to this event and see whatever the new thing is that they're showing off. Yep. And get, catch up with all your friends. Have some time to get some good photos and videos of the game. And maybe at some of them we had a chance to try one or a round of one or two of them. So, yeah. Yeah, and at a couple, the designers were there. We saw Alan Moon, um, Ticket to Ride designer, because um, Ticket to Ride Legacy, they were showing off at the con, and it will be available in the near future. We do have a super secret copy that we're not really allowed to play. I mean, talk about, (laughs) but we have have played a few, (laughs) and we've been enjoying it. Yeah, uh, Henry Audubon was at one of the events. He's the designer of Parks, and he's got a new one that's like a... Cosmoctopus. Yeah, what do you even call that? Trivia party? You said it was an engine building game. Engine, I don't know what it was. I don't know. <laughs> the we event played, that I showed up to that was know, trivia. We but played what was just the... a fun, goofy oh, trivia game with all the media that Lucky Duck Which was a different together. game than his game. Well, yes. now I really want to play the actual game. It, it wasn't an actual game. It was just like, here, oh, trivia question. Yeah, trivia yeah, question. About okay, the shout out the answer. And we were actually have... playing the octopus we, game. No, <laughs> handing out octopus prizes. We were late. We had to come from one of the official next. game too because he ha- he was reading off of cards right were, like game cards that he was reading off it probably was like trivial pursuit or something i think it was it was probably just random party event type stuff because it was questions like random questions about how many tentacles do octopuses have or whatever but how many hearts do octopuses have octopus size three they? they have three oh look at you guys with your octa knowledge you guys watch octa What's Octonauts. the show? <laughs> I can't remember the name of the show. There's no way to remember how many hearts they got. Not related to the game. Uh, a majority of our crew was at the Genius Games booth, which was partnered with Underdog. And so I was thankful to have a great crew of people to volunteer with for the week. We were demoing those games and having fun. Uh, Melissa did some volunteering for... Board and Dice. Board and Dice. So they were only selling Barcelona and Books of Time at the convention. Ooh. And then they had one table with Nucleum that they were showing off. On another guy from our crew was at the Keymaster Games booth, so we did kind of get to help a bunch of different places out, uh, teaching games and having some fun. Uh, one of the highlights for me was just that my son got to come with us. Liam was able to come and volunteer and do some demoing and teaching. He did a great job. The poor guy, he's been indoctrinated from the beginning, so he knows board games better than most yes. adults. Uh, and it was cool. I, I was at the register, like helping people check out for a while, and I would say every third person who played at his table came up and said, man, I don't know who that kid is over there, but he's doing a great job. I'm going to buy this game because he was demoing it and it taught us how to play it. And it was super fun. And I'm sure it was just because he was a kid, but nobody else was getting compliments. Ryan, you were slacking off. Sarah, what were you guys doing? <laughs> no. I was even letting them win. He wasn't letting them win. That's what the problem. Liam was trouncing them every single time. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's great. They loved it. I don't know. So they loved getting beat by Liam. So they bought the game because they're like, oh, I got to I mean, try and win it yeah. next time. So are you allowed to say, so as vendors, where do you feel like, you've been to other Gen Cons, is this like, and Gen Con's a selling con, right? Right. Yes. Do you feel like it was good for the for the vendors? Oh, I think it was great, yeah. Okay. I didn't, um, like, I don't know what Genius Games' numbers are year over year, but I heard a lot of vendors saying things like, this is the best show I've ever been at, 
we sold 40% more than we've ever sold. A lot of people were selling out of their inventory. Yeah. People were ready to and come and get games. very cool story. So after Thursday, was it Thursday or Friday, uh, a lot of booths sold out of stuff that they weren't anticipating selling out of. And PSI drove a truck up from Atlanta overnight. They got a driver and showed up the next day so that everyone um, could get more stock for Gen Con. So it was kind of a cool story that whoever um, had... Um, it uses PSI as a distributor, was able to get more stuff. Like the people that had that big palette that disappeared. Oh, oh yes. And there was that incident. I believe, I I don't know if it's 100% confirmed, but I think everybody has commented that it was magic. That's uh, right. the, magic the gathering. Because they yeah. saw like, the barcode or the um, description. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think you have to know. Yeah, there so, was a- so just so you know... Somebody walked off with an entire pallet worth of product during setup, and they estimate that it was over three hundred thousand dollars worth of product. That's craziness. It is craziness. And the types of cards that they were, you could get away with selling them individually, Mm -hmm. and it would be very hard to trace it. Yeah. People were joking that it was a single box of Lurkana. Lurkana was such a big hit. At the con, no, we yeah, lines were insane. People were everywhere. What was people the, were lining up twenty four hours? Yeah, what was the crazy. overnight thing? Did we? I didn't actually see yeah. where that was happening. I it heard it was. Happened. It was. I, I saw was photos. That's what I. So Thursday was bad, Thursday and then I think they bad. got it figured out for the other day. Yeah. So um, we have a couple of friends who are in line for the Thursday morning opening, and Ravensburger and Gen Con themselves did not get the line under control early enough. And it was probably just fire codes and things of where people were in line at outside. And they made everybody get out of line and move Thursday morning after they had already (gasps) been there all night. So then they lost their place and had to start (laughs) over. And so there were people who were in the front of where they thought they should start the line that didn't even get anything Thursday. Now I did hear, now correct me if I'm wrong, on like Saturday and Sunday, Robinberger did still have product of Lorcan that they were selling that there wasn't a line, or is that just missed out a rumor? Do you guys know? There was always a line. I okay. don't think there was not okay. a line. It sounded like people eventually were able to get there. You just had to wait four days. Yeah. yeah. You didn't. <laughs> By Sunday, I finally got my yeah. one pack of cards. I, yes! The lines, I believe the lines were down, but then you're competing with the one day mm-hmm. ticket holders. Or people who were like, I'm I not just saying the lines weren't as bad on Sunday. Sure. For for that specific thing, because everyone was had already done it on Thursday. Yeah. And I really wish, I think it would have been better had they moved their booth outside of the exhibit hall. It just made the rest but of the But you don't know place. if they sold out a product or not. I don't know. I yeah, I, had, I heard they had not sold out, which is actually good on Robinsberger, right? Well, they had enough it is, except for they ran, they. so what that says to me is they didn't bring enough registers. They didn't have oh, enough points of sale. <laughs> they only had six. Well, how many do you want them to have? There was like 10,000 people in line. Well, there were, but the more registers you have, then you right. could have got through the product yeah, faster. Like if, they, if they didn't get, if they didn't sell everything, it means they weren't selling it fast enough. Um, now, I know that some products they were limiting, so they were clipping oh, badges yeah. for certain get- products. Not everything, but they were making sure that people weren't buying like, 50 hoarding them. Or and then reselling sort of them people were reselling them quick though so i don't even know if you caught it lorcana is the new disney ccg it's ccg it, it's kind of like magic but you're you've got all the cool disney characters with tons of new art i think it's all like brand new art for this game and it's kind of a lightweight version of magic but with some cool twists in there and it was just hopping everybody was excited to try it and to see what it looked like and i knew people who got in line the first day who got the product and then they were like i'm actually just going to sell it on ebay so i can pay for my trip to gen con and they were like i got one card that's like worth 400 bucks and i saw another guy who was selling his for like i don't remember what it was it's crazy. 1300 1300 yeah so i don't know if they actually sold but they were trying to it's great so ryan tell us about your experience of playing the game yeah so i you actually played uh, it yeah. he's played it yeah i, was, I thought you just look uh, at the thrown cards. out by security initially nice because they were like you're not on the list but I tried to convince them, and, and uh, it apparently it worked for me coming back later. 
Well, you I, were I, I on, the on the list by one of the managers. The manager well, didn't put you tight, on the right list. <laughs> tight security. This is for like a media meeting? No. Uh, well, A yeah. demo. Uh, they were allowing – everybody else was ticketed, mm-hmm. but I was just – they were just going to let me into the ticketed event mm-hmm. without paying to see it as a media thing. But I wasn't they allowed were... to take pictures. And I, all I was doing was playing. I wasn't allowed to, to go out with one of the starter sets or anything like that. He had to memorize and report. Yeah. So basically, you you have you know characters and art from Disney. And on your turn, uh, you can play a card. Uh, some cards have like a stamp behind the number that they're worth. And you can play those as ink. And um, you just play it face down in front of you. And then you can spend your face down ink cards to play other cards um, into your tableau, uh, different characters. And then your characters either attack the enemy's characters that are expended or exhausted uh, or – and they exhaust themselves in doing so. Or you exhaust them to quest and you gain so many points. And first person to 20 points wins. So it's a balancing act of do I go after points this time or do I try to eliminate some of my opponent's cards? How many cards am I going to put in my ink pool? Because the more ink you have, the more cards you can play. But the more you put into ink, the less cards you have in your hand. Um, so it was fun. I I lost twice. The guy I was playing against was like, you're doing such a great job. I, was like, <laughs> I have six points and you've already won like, <laughs> uh, twice. Like, you, you don't have to. It's I appreciate it. But – you stop. That's good. It's better to play against <laughs> someone who who's kind of like, dude, you suck. Usually, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was fun. I don't know that it was worth the hype. I mean, I wouldn't buy a card for fourteen hundred dollars. But yeah, Ooh, crazy. Yeah, there are plenty of people out there who pay that kind of money for Magic. So if you're going to get into it, I mean, I guess that's where you you're going to live at. All right. So some of the other highlight moments. What were some of the things that you guys enjoyed that you remembered from your Gen Con experience? I mentioned getting to hang out with Liam. It was a lot of fun. We uh, spent a bunch of extra time together outside of the show. Uh, one of my other highlights on that same topic before you guys jump in, I'm buying you time to think of cool things, was that he entered one of like at night they have social games that you can play. And we played uh, Blood on the Clock Tower one of the nights. Super fun. He enjoyed it. The next night we all had media events going on. And so he was, and I was like, you can, you know, he was off by himself. So he was like, oh, I might do something. Yeah, go do whatever you want. And then he like texted me and he's like, dad, I think I'm going to play in a Blood on the Clock Tower tournament that they have going on tonight. It costs $3 or whatever. Can I play? Yeah, man, go have fun. So I catch up with him later because Blood on the Clock Tower is like a two and a half hour game. So I showed up literally right as he was finishing and he was like, won i won <laughs> he was like the they were playing the second scenario uh he was like one of the bad guys that you can only win if you're the last man standing and he pulled it off i was like dude way to go yeah, that's Show awesome because he's the reason we lost the night <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> before he telling everybody well, he was the saint and the saint was the character if you managed to get them killed off during the day you automatically have right. evil people so it wasn't actually his fault it was actually his mom that voted for him. it was yeah. my fault <laughs> he told everybody he was that he uh, was the saint yeah he was the saint well, why'd you vote for him <laughs> I didn't vote for him. Oh no, his mom. Did. I was I I was supposed to <laughs> vote to him. to kill off Jonah, and I had I, was I had got eliminated the very first round, and which pointed a lot of fingers at Will, Jonah, and Liam. It did made us look guilty, but just. Jonah of that bunch was Correct. on the bad team. We already talked about this on the show earlier. Jonah's one you can't trust. You can trust me. Yes. <laughs> so I should have voted Jonah off, and I did not. And Liam ended up dying, and we lost the game. It was terrible. It, that, that was one it of was my— hard. It was hard to know. Well, it was a fun experience. I, I hate to say that that was my highlight moment of all of Gen Con. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. You can have a different highlight. The, the game itself was a lot of fun. It though. was a good time. There was a lot of trying to figure out who was like reading, reading what people were doing and who they were talking to ended up. We realized at the end, oh, I think we know who who is on the bad team and who is not. Alas, it was too late. I feel like I figured out pretty early that Jeremiah was evil because he was inconsistent. Tell me in in (laughs) what he was doing. But he was sitting right next to me and he kept joining in on my conversations it's like so frustrating because I'm trying to get other people to <laughs> I was to already dead at this point, so I wasn't able to nominate him. So I keep telling the other guy next to me, like, hey, he's he's being real shady. shady. Please nominate him. <laughs> no, couldn't couldn't get it to happen. 
Yeah, he played well because he was the uh, poisoner or whatever, and he claimed, "You guys, there's definitely a poisoner in the game." And we were all like, "Yeah, yeah, it makes perfect sense." You sound so confident. How do you know? <laughs> it was him. <laughs> he got me for sure. Um, let's see. When I did not play in this game, I was like, "It's ten o'clock. I know I don't like social deductions. I'm gonna recharge for the next day." <laughs> Good plan. Um, and how did you recharge? Oh yeah, I thought you were still down. I thought you were ball. playing pinball. That's no, a, that that's was a recharge that was a from different Melissa. Night, okay, that was another <laughs> night. It was. That, that was you, the same you, night. That was the same night. You went and played pinball. The rest of us later. <laughs> I did go and play pinball, but not as late as that you is all. true. You so did go to bed earlier than the that. That was, of us. you know, like me and the pinball machine. Nobody else, you know, in the zone. You got to recharge. I got gotcha. you. And so, you got on the scoreboard. Uh, one of the scoreboards. Yeah. Um, so one of my highlights was meeting fans. So I had said in a couple of my videos that I was going to be at the board and dice booth at a certain time. Hey, stop by. And some people actually did come specifically to say hi. And it's always great to meet people who watch and listen because we're talking to cameras and speaking in microphones. So seeing the people and interacting is always uh, great. Uh, occasionally someone would be at the booth doing something else and they kind of look at me, kind of like, Those are my favorites. and then they may say, say something like, are, are you on like YouTube or do you do something like TV or it's like, yeah, tantrum house. And they're like, Oh, Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. So that is a highlight when we go out to all sorts of conventions and people do come up and say hi and that they appreciate what we're doing because that's a big morale boost when that happens. So keep doing that. We love it. We do. I, one of my favorite moments was one of those. I was on an elevator with Liam. I had my Tatum House shirt on. The door opens and this dad and his son get on the elevator, similar ages to me and Liam. And the son, I could tell, immediately recognized us and like wanted to say something but didn't know what to say. And so like I saw his eyes light up. He like looked at our shirts, looked at our faces, looked at his dad. He's like trying to get his dad's attention. Like, this is tantrum. We're standing next to people that we've watched on YouTube. You know? And we, you know, we're riding the elevator. It's not a long ride. And we get to the very top. And as he's walking off, he was just like, love your show. <laughs> and I kept going. And I was like, oh, how cool. Thanks, thanks for saying hi. It was, it was very fun. Uh, one of the meetings I got to go to by myself was... Um, Women in Toys and Gaming, um, this was the first time that that organization has ever been in the board game industry ever, which seems crazy to me. Um, but they did a meetup and it was very well attended. So, so much so that we could barely fit in the room, but they had some snacks and things and just thanked us all for being there. But it was a very cool time to just um, hang out with a lot of the other uh, women in the industry that I hadn't had a chance to talk to and see. And it was also like, oh, we can all just let our guard down and hang out and have fun because this meeting doesn't have an agenda. We don't have any talking points that we're trying to talk about whatever games. We're just here to hang out and have fun. So we ended up talking about all the games that we've played recently that were really cool and which ones we actually really enjoyed um, that we may have made content for. But sometimes, you know, you make a lot of content or you make or you're working for a publisher and you play a lot of those specific games and not a lot of other stuff. So um, it was a good time of chatting with a lot of friends in the industry that I don't normally get to chat to with because we are too busy. So it was a fun time. Yep. I didn't go to that one, obviously, but I did go to a number of other meetups and it is always a great time to re-catch up with people. We went to uh, Chris Goodlett's charity board gamer event. They were raising funds and a uh, really cool time of just hanging out. And yeah, the same thing, not not an agenda. We don't have to cover any specific topics, but just getting to meet people and, and connect. And so much of that happened at Gen Con. At Gen Con, it's always quick. You only have like a couple minutes to hang out with people and catch up before you're on to the next thing. And some of those events where you don't have to have, you know, I'm not trying to memorize this game or do media coverage. I'm just trying to connect and get to know you. We're really, really fun. One of the meetings that Melissa had and I had was with the op and we got to meet Andrew, which is their new marketing coordinator. I don't know what its official title is, but it was nice to just be able to hang out. We didn't even, I don't even think we looked at any games. Maybe we looked at one or two games, but just caught up on where he is at in the industry and some of the things that their company is trying to do and move forwards on and, uh, it's neat to be able to just be friends with the people that we're working with. It's a really, really great time. Yep. Melissa and I also had the chance to 
um, Off-Duty Ninja. If you're not familiar with that, you may not be if you aren't a publisher, um, but they do, they're a marketing firm that um, helps coordinate publishers and content creators making media for Kickstarters and other projects. And so they had a nice, oh, just come up to our um, media room and chill, which was a good break in the middle of Gen Con. Yeah, they, they had some like snacks and some treats and it was because we are go 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 it's either meetings or helping at the booth or interacting and it was nice you know 30 minutes an hour whatever time to just kind of decompress a little bit chat with some of the people um and recharge a little bit in the middle of a crazy busy gen con because we're not we're not really there as normal attendees because it is a little bit of work a lot of work <laughs> and then a little a bit of fun. Of fun. Um, so, but yeah, it, it was a great time. Good to see so many people. So good to see a lot of the publishers um, interacting with the fans and selling out of their games. And there, there was just a lot of like excitement. And getting to see games that we knew that they were working on several years ago that, that we got to play test early stuff on and they are finally getting it you know, to the published table and getting to release it and their passion and their work. It's, it's a really good time. Uh, Melissa, tell us, just give us a really quick rundown on your experience with the Dice Tower Awards. Oh, yeah. So maybe a week before Gen Con or so, Stella from Meeple University uh, basically reached out and said, I'm presenting for the Dice Tower Awards. Tarrant, who is uh, her partner on her channel, her husband wasn't able to come and she was looking for a co-host to present for the specific award, which was most innovative game of the year. So um, I was able to jump in and fill that hole. And it was really, it was a production. It's the first time Dice Tower has done their award show at Gen Con. And they were in the big ballroom. They had lights and cameras and they were streaming it. A whole bunch of stuff was going on behind scenes. A lot of presenters. They had a bunch of pre-planned videos that they were showing um and it's actually on youtube now if you weren't able to be there live or watch it when it streamed but it, it was a lot of fun a lot of good presentations a lot of humor going on and then it was really nice the most innovative game of the year was turing machine which is one that i actually love so it was so neat to be able to be part of that but we're backstage it was one of the last uh, categories so i was there like for two hours kind of backstage, but we were interacting with each other and kind of really enjoying just the uh, energy that was in the room because it was a packed room. I don't know how many it held, but it was full. and It looked big, and they do a good job with their stage presence and all of the videos and things that they show. I mean, it looked impressive. Their trophies are those ginormous, heavy blue dice tower things that are impressive, and I saw lots of people putting those at their booth after the event to... Uh, you know, claim their awards and things. It was it was quite the to do. Yeah, and I think all of the winners had someone there, either a publisher or a designer, to accept the award. So uh, I think they really enjoyed being part of it as well. Yeah, it was very neat. Ryan, what you got? What, what were your highlight moments? Uh, going to is it Buca Buca de, de Bello Beppo Beppo Buca de Beppo? I think something like that. Oh, Buca de Beppo. Oh yeah, it was just. Weird name. It's an Italian, <laughs> Italian. restaurant. This Hottest is place an experience. <laughs> it was. Uh, we, we entered. Well, I got there first, which was weird because I thought I was running late. And then I, this guy was staring at me and I was like, oh, hey, my name's Ryan. And he's like, hey, I'm the guy you're supposed to be meeting with. No, like, perfect. Oh, okay, That's convenient. Awesome. I thought you were already inside. <laughs> and then uh, we found out, I guess Chantel had already gotten there. And she found out that it was uh, their AC was out in that restaurant but was, we were still determined to eat there right uh, it, it is a delicious italian restaurant yeah. and even more so when they have air conditioning <laughs> so they went in to see if they could seat us outside but i guess they just decided to seat the people that went in so they're like oh go ahead and come on in so we thought we could just st step in and find them and <laughs> no it's like a labyrinth it is 100 it's not like a big dining area it's a bunch of small rooms and corridors yeah and then go uh, through the kitchen to yeah. get to uh, we, typically buca de beppo is, a, is an italian chain and it's you know 
in old timey spaces. This one is in a very convoluted location yeah. in downtown Indy. We it was a long we walk. Had uh, searched out all the dining, couldn't find our party. We're like, oh, maybe they went back outside. Started to go back outside. Said, no, it's further in. Like there is no further in. We went in, <laughs> made so it to you, the kitchen. You had to go past the kitchen and follow the restrooms and exit signs. And then finally you're at the back of the building and that's where they were. And uh, our poor waiter was just dripping. It's like this guy, he's the room, have a heart attack. Like The room that we actually ate in, they had like two portable air conditioning units in it. And so the temperature was reasonable. But the hallways to get to this place were a thousand degrees. Yeah. Like the, all these folks need hazard pay. Like this, is, this is rough. But it was fun. We uh, got to eat with the folks that published and designed Flamecraft. So that was that was a lot of fun. My uh, my day job, he's always talking to me about Flamecraft. My supervisor, oh, so yeah? I got to like brag about it a little bit. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, Ooh, bonus points. <laughs> and then uh, these are the folks from Cardboard Alchemy. And then we went uh, afterwards, and we got to play a new game that's coming out. You can follow it uh, to see when its Kickstarter goes live. It's called Critter Kitchen. I believe. Yep. That was a lot of fun. That's what I was talking about earlier with uh, my dice ring and shuffling cards because I never knew which location to go to in Critter Kitchen, but I would just roll the dice. Like, where are we going this time? And I actually turned out pretty pretty well. I think it was like 22. I had 23. Next person had 24. Will randomly got like 27 because... The cheese is where it's yeah, at, baby. Yeah. He, he happened <laughs> to get some of the secret uh, goals without ever looking at them. And the rest of us had to spend actions in order to get that information. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. I'll I'll spare you additional details. You can follow it on Kickstarter. We'll talk about it more when it when it, we get closer to it. Um, but yeah, that was my highlight. That was probably the fun, most fun game I played while we were there. It was a good time. It was super fun. We got a five-player, four-player game of it in. And yeah, prototype, but coming soon. Uh, it's always nice to be able to give a little bit of input and feedback as you're trying out these kind of games, which is a lot of fun. And Peter's always very receiving of uh, criticism isn't even the right word, but just suggestions. And yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a good. One. It's going to be a real good one. All right. Well, I think that pretty much covers. No, it doesn't. There's so much more we can talk about about our Gen Con experience, uh, but we will. We're going to cut it now for the episode. So thank you guys for so much for tuning in and listening. We hope to have information about our Tantrum Con event coming up very soon for you guys. We also hope to have information about some of the other cons and things that we will be at for the year because we'd love to connect. We really do enjoy every opportunity that we have to uh, inter- interact with uh, all of our listeners and, and to be able to share some of the joy and some of the fun that we get to experience uh, in our positions here at Tantrum House. So thank you guys so much for listening. We'll catch you in the next one. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the Tantrum House board game podcast. If you liked any part of this at all, Find and follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and tantrumhouse.com. Like us, share us, email us, call us, or send us a postcard to Tantrum House, 306 Berry Drive, that's B-A-R-R-Y, Greer, South Carolina, 29650.